In today's video, I'm gonna show you 15 different ways that you can improve your credit rating through a very powerful subject because credit can either turbocharge your financial future or it can be a complete blocker. So if this is a topic that interests you and you are focused on sorting this area out once and for all, this is a video you definitely wanna be watching. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. Yes, we are gonna go through this really important subject of credit. And that is because so many people get into difficult situations with credit or don't know what to do when it comes to applying for credit. Which ones, when do I do it? How much to apply for, how often? There's so many different variables and factors to think about and there's just so much confusion and lack of transparency in this area. And so this video is all about giving you that clarity so you can confidently apply for the credit that you need and want in your situation to improve your financial future. But I'm gonna make one big caveat before we go on. Credit is a very powerful area and it can really improve and fast track your financial success. But, and this is a big but, if you don't do it correctly, then it can really slow things down. In fact, it can take it the opposite way. And that is because the whole point of people offering you credit is for them to make money. And so they want you to stay owing them money because when you owe them money, you have to pay interest on that money and through you paying interest or penalties or fines or whatever, that is how they make their money. So if you're applying for something that seems very cheap or free money, these 0% interest credit cards, for example, that are very popular at the moment, they sound great and they are great if you use them correctly, but you just gotta think what's in it for the person or organization giving it to you. Well, a lot if you do what they're hoping you will do. And that's, for example, staying on that credit card past when that 0% ends and then start to pay the money. Or maybe go and uh, make a mistake on that card which forces you to pay penalties, for example. Again, paying them money, all right? The other thing is when you get credit, you're effectively taking money that you don't actually have. You didn't build up yourself. So you ultimately owe that. So if you take that credit and you're using it for something sensible to accelerate your success within this world financially and just generally, brilliant. But if it's just for day-to-day -day spending and it's just going to dig that hole that little bit deeper, then be, be warned, all right? So that's my caveat, I'm gonna jump in. But before I do, if you've enjoyed this video and other videos I've been putting out each week, please do subscribe and check out my future videos every week without fail. I'm giving you fresh, strong content, hopefully to educate you in the area of money, finance, wealth, and to help you become financially free, okay? So if you've been enjoying this content, please do like it, encourage others to see it. If there's somebody else that you know would definitely benefit from the subject, please do share it. All right, let's jump into the content. 
So the first way is you want to review your credit file. Now there's a whole number of different credit agencies out there that hold your credit information, your kind of specific bits about you, so that when a company goes to check on you, right? So you go and you apply for a credit card. Well, that credit card company is gonna wanna know your background, see what's going on. So to do that, they go and speak effectively to one of these credit agencies and check on what your situation looks like. And based on what they find, they're gonna decide whether to give it to you or not. And so the best way to know whether you're likely to get that credit, whether you look like you're in a good situation, is to actually see what that credit file looks like. There are a whole load of different credit agencies. Well, in practice, four. Four main ones that companies use. But personally, I would just stick to Experian. It is by far the biggest. And as far as I'm aware, for your main types of credit, so loans, credit cards, and so on, from, from the things I've seen, the majority, if not all of the companies look at Experian. They may look at others as well, but they all look at Experian. So don't worry about the others like Equifax, just go and check out your Experian credit report. Now, the best way to do this is go sign up to what is called Credit Club. And Credit Club, it was created by moneysavingexpert.com. It is a very powerful tool. So if you've not used it before, go check that out. I've been talking about that on other videos as well. Really powerful tool because what it does is it uses the Experian uh, portal but provides it through, through a dashboard that Money Saving Expert have created and they call it Credit Club. So you can just search for it online and you'll find it. And through that, okay, you'll be able to see your full credit report and see what's going on there. See if there's things that make sense. Do you agree with it? Are there things that are wrong? things that are concerning, things that are flagged up that you need to sort out. So you wanna go seal that, get a good sense check, all right? Now, once you've done that, the next thing to be able to do is you wanna, and you can use this through Credit Club as well, is you wanna understand what these different companies are looking for. Now, a lot of people think that there's this magical score out there that these companies officially create and it might be out of a thousand, you're in your 700 and somebody else is a 650, right? A lot of these companies tell you you have a score, but in practice there isn't. What happens is when you apply for credit, a company goes and checks your information and they look at that information and they will assess that information based on what's important to them. One company is gonna prefer certain things to another company. So it's not about this objective situation that's perfect. Yes, there are things that are generally good or bad. So if you've defaulted on a credit card or if you've not paid uh, a certain month's payment until a few months later, that's objectively bad, right? But some credit card companies, for example, wanna see that you've got a lot of credit Others might want to see less because they're interested in different things, right? So they're not all created equal. So with that in mind, Credit Club has a really powerful tool. 
And just want to make the point, Credit Club is completely free. You don't need to pay for it. I'm not endorsing it because I get a commission. It is just the most powerful tool if you want to be improving this area. Okay, so that's why I'm recommending it. So go on it. And within that tool, within that dashboard, there's some other areas. What you can do is you can go check out the specific type of credit you're looking for. Let's say credit cards. And say you want a, uh, a, I don't know, you might want a money transfer credit card. And that just means you can take out a credit card and with the amount of credit they give you, you can transfer that into your bank account and you can spend it around. So it's probably the most simple, most effective, flexible way of uh, spending the money that you get from a credit card, right? So if you want to do that, what you do is you'd select that area and what it will do is it will rank all of the different companies that offer those types of credit cards and it will tell you out of 100% your likelihood for getting that card. Now, obviously, ones with 0% means they're not even going to touch you. Those with 100% means that uh, some companies will give you credit without even doing a hard search or they can pretty much guarantee in advance you're going to get it because of your credit situation. And others can vary. Some pretty high percentages, others not, right? Now it's not a perfect tool, but it is very strong. And what they do to do that is that they look at your credit file and they know what are the different things that are important for each of these different companies. And that is how they're able to get that confidence on how likely you are to be able to get that specific credit card okay now the reason why that is so powerful is because number three um, the amount of credit applications you do hurts your score right it hurts your strength of being able to get a credit card and that makes sense right because if you come and you want to borrow money off me but I know that you've tried to borrow money off eight other people. That's a big red flag. Why have you applied for so for credit from so many people? Are you desperate? Do you really need this money? Maybe I don't want to lend it to you, right? What about you've actually gone to those eight other people and you've managed somehow to get money off each of those? You're sitting now on a big pile of cash that you're ready to spend, only waiting for me to give you some money as well and then you're gonna go blow it all. And if you did do that, you'd put yourself in an absolute financial hole and there would be a huge likelihood you'd never be able to pay me back, okay? So that is why they don't like to see that. So if you have applied for other credit applications, usually it stays on record for 12 months, but it's really the, the next six months which it particularly hurts you. So you're fine to do a few, one, two, three, applications but when you start doing more than that it definitely hurts so you want to use them wisely right and why that's also powerful is that you can see i'm very likely to get that one so when you do apply you're much more likely to get it and then you don't have to keep applying to all these other companies hoping that one will give you some money right all right so number four is register to vote this one is huge very very simple but if you haven't registered to vote, then it is going to hugely hurt your 
uh, your ability to get credit. And that's because when you haven't, if you haven't registered to vote, it's very hard for a credit card company or anyone wanting to give you money to know you are who you are and that you're based in the address that you are based. Because to register to vote, it, it gives them another level of confidence that you are based in that country, that you're connected to that address, right? So if you don't, it's kind of a bit of a red flag. Now, people, some people in the UK can't register to vote because of their own situation, because they're not, for example, a UK resident. So you want to go out and find out a different way to be able to prove to these companies that you uh, that you are based in the UK to give them proof of address. So my understanding is the next best alternative is you write to the different credit agencies with proof of address. Focus on Experian, but also to the others if you can, like Equifax. All right, number five. Do not miss or be late on a credit repayment. Sounds obvious, right? If you miss a payment one month, then that is a suggestion that you're not reliable with your ability to pay money back. Suggests that you're struggling month to month to be able to pay your debts back. Now for others, you might think, well, who cares? Just one month, whatever. Um, you know, I paid it off every other month. I paid it the month after. But it, it, it makes some companies start to twitch, start thinking, oh, you know, if they're going to miss one, are they going to miss another? Is this, is this a sign that it's going to start to escalate? Some companies actually like it. Crazy, huh? And that's because if you're doing it, that suggests to them you're going to make mistakes, you're going to miss months and have to pay extra penalties and interest to do that. And they actually like that. That's how they make their money, all right? You know, these guys aren't super, you know, um, holier than thou organizations. They are in the business to make money. So always remember that, okay? So it isn't always a bad thing, but, but generally, again, also just think, why are you missing it? Does that suggest even for yourself that maybe you wanna be careful and maybe take a breather from this whole credit situation? All right, next one, number six. This is all to do with people that are financially linked to you or connected, right? So common one is when you get married to somebody, or even if you're not married, you just financially connect, you might have a joint bank account, right? When you do that, if that other person gets into financial difficulty, that will have knock-on consequences to you because they know that if that other person is getting into difficulties, then the most likely thing they're gonna do next is they're gonna to come to you to look to resolve that situation and that could then domino effect onto yourself right the other thing is say housemates or flatmates if you take out some bills and you're jointly connected to them with other people say in the flat then you're financially connected and you may not have any idea that that person is struggling financially but it could be hurting you right so Again, check your credit report and it'll see, it'll see where you're financially linked to other people, okay? The other big thing is, and I know it sounds kind of obvious, but if you do split up with someone where you were financially linked, always remember to go back, de-link on any of those bank accounts, go into your credit report, see if there's anything that, have, that's been, that stayed there that you didn't realize uh, is still connected to you. Maybe the bank forgot to de-link you and it's still there. 
All right, so number seven. This is about some things that you go out and buy. You may not even realize you're actually getting credit. You may not even realize you're applying for credit at the time. So things like insurance, mobile phones, dental bills, health bills, right? If you get offered to buy something up front and they say, well, instead of doing that, you can pay it monthly over the next say 12 months, 24 months, whatever, say for like for a sofa or something, that is essentially credit because you're take, taking something that may cost say a thousand pounds. You say, instead of doing that now, just get it done. What you're doing is you're borrowing money from them effectively, right? They're lending you the thousand pounds and then you're paying that back. You're paying that back off over say the next 12 months, right? So that is effectively you getting credit. And many of the times when you do this, you're applying for credit and therefore that will put a search on your credit file and that could impact your credit rating. And a lot of these companies often don't tell you or don't make you realize that is what they're doing, right? So one, it can hurt you by putting more credit onto your account, but also more searches, okay? So always ask them when you're going for something like that, is this going to be a search my credit file? Is this going to be an amount of money that you're going to put on my credit file that is going to be a debt against my name, right? All these things, because that will add to worsening your credit file, all right? So always be thinking about that. And always think about, do I really need that? Do I really need to put that on, on credit? Is it better just to pay it off, especially if they're charging you interest as well? Next one is about addresses. This is actually a really common one for people to get really bad credit scores. And that's because so many people, they move, right? Especially early on in their life, they might go to university each year, they're going from different addresses. This is some, this was one that really hurt me. Quick story, uh, I was at university, got a, one of these student, uh, student bank accounts and had a free overdraft on there, thought nothing of it. I finished university and the money was still on there and it was a thousand pound overdraft, right? So I thought, well, there's no point paying this off. It's free interest, it's a free credit. So I might as well um, focus on other things and I can pay that off when I know that 0% interest finishes, right? So I thought nothing of it. Anyway, months and months later, I got around to thinking, well, we're coming up to the end of it, I'm gonna pay it off. So I went to go pay it off and they said that my account had been shut down. So like, what, what's going on? Oh, it's been referred to a debt collection agency. I thought, what on earth is going on? So anyway, I call this company. They're like really aggressive on the phone, trying to um, uh, get me to pay all these these fees, giving me all this information. Anyway, it transpired that the address on that account was still an address from an, um, from Nottingham where I went to university, and they were sending these these notices getting stronger and stronger to get me to pay it. And I had no idea because I'd moved address, right? I'd moved to London. So I had no idea that was going on. And the only reason I didn't know is because my address had changed and I hadn't updated them. So when you're going through your credit file, check the address for each of your different uh, accounts that you have. Because if it's 
through an address that you don't use anymore, then you don't know, right? They, um, you don't know what's going on. Also, things could be going on in that and that that address. Other things that could also impact your credit file, right? Because you're then linked to that address. So you want to cut that off and move everything to your new address, definitely. Or if you're moving around a lot, a really powerful way to do it. This is something I used to do. Was for uh, for certain accounts, you can assign it to your family address, right? So often credit again, credit companies don't like you constantly moving address because again, it kind of raises flags. Is that fraud? What address can we rely on? Um, so if you've got that and also you don't trust that everything's going to be up to date with where you're currently living, sometimes it makes sense just to use your family address. All right. The other thing is that was this when you're applying for credit as well you want to be consistent with your address right because if you start to use different ones again it's going to raise a red flag what a lot of credit card companies do or any company that where you're applying for credit with they've got all these different tests to to, to test whether they think it's fraud and if they think it they'll either might reject you or they might pass that information onto an organization that builds it collects this information to try and predict fraud and that can really hurt you so it may not be in that one specific application but if you start to do other potentially dodgy looking things then you'll build this kind of reputation of potential fraud and it's going to really get in the way of you being able to get credit in the future all right now a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, my situation is super bad. I don't know what to do. You know, I just can't get any credit. Um, you know, I had to I had a bit of a difficult past with defaults. I maybe went bankrupt. And it doesn't matter what I apply for, they just reject me. How on earth do I rebuild my credit? Well, actually, there are certain credit card companies that focus on this. Now, they charge really high interest rates, 30%, 40%, uh, maybe even more. But the powerful way of using them is that they're a lot more lenient in giving them to you. Very low amounts of money that you can borrow at one time on them and you're paying very high penalties or interest rate or whatever for using them. But the point of the card is not to be able to get some available credit to go spend it, right? And worse in the situation, obviously. The point of it is you can use it to rebuild confidence in your credit file. So if you've had a difficult negative past in the, in the past, or actually you might have no past, that is also bad. If you go to apply for, say, a loan, and they check your credit file and there's nothing there, you've never had credit, right? They don't, in your credit file, they don't know that you've got savings. So you can have a whole load of savings. But if you've never had credit, you've never repaid credit, you've never, you, you don't have a track record, right? of positive repayments and so on they don't know they don't they don't have anything to go by right so either if you've got a negative past or no past in this area you can get these cards and what you do is every month you just pay a bit of money on the card and then you pay it off by the end of the month every month you do that doesn't matter how much it is 10 pounds 50 pounds whatever just do that every month and what will happen is over time you will build a track record getting credit out and then positively repaying it back every month. And within six months, it will start to rebuild your 
credit file and after about a year it will look really strong it's not going to completely revolutionize it right but it will definitely definitely improve it and again credit club has a specific section on that as well all right so if you want to go check it out that will be really useful next one is if you've got county court judgments or bankruptcy these are the big ones right because that is essentially means that you've you know you've got into some really difficult financial situations in the past right so obviously that is a big cross against your name right makes sense but for not everybody realizes that that's not permanent you, if you if you say go bankrupt it's not like you go bankrupt that's it you can't get credit for the rest of your life okay it doesn't work like that luckily nothing can stay on your credit file for more than six years on stuff like this right so if that happened over six years or go then it doesn't matter it's gone right you're kind of starting afresh now obviously six years is a long time so if it happened last month then that's a long time to wait i get it right so there's different things you can do um, to still rebuild you can do everything else to to still re rebuild it as much as you can it's just know that that will be a big uh, cross against your name the other thing is it's not like it's a massive cross against your name for the whole six years and then suddenly it just comes off comes off and then it, it magically looks amazing again it will slowly improve over time right because if you've done it a year ago versus done it five years ago then obviously having done it five years ago looks better to those other organizations you're applying to right because it's in the past people change if everything looks great since the last five years but only that then it shows that you've you've improved your situation considerably next one is about withdrawing cash on credit cards right it might make sense might be easy for you in certain situations but the reason why companies don't like to see it is because it suggests bad money management because most credit cards when you take cash out on a credit card it's much more expensive right so they'll have a specific interest rate just for that also credit cards aren't really designed to spend money like that credit cards are designed for purchases right so uh, you know to fund a specific purchase that is for you to go out and take cash out that's like spending on like bits and bobs and things it's not how it's designed it just suggests that you are using that just for day-to-day -day and you're escalating the situation so if you're doing that credit card or credit card companies or other credit agencies start to have those red flags and uh, may just decline you just for that right not all of them but a lot of them next one payday loans it's the same thing if they see any payday loan on your account again it's a big red big red flag for somebody to take a payday loan out again it, it represents poor money management right most people are aware interest rates on payday loans are insane and that's because it may look cheap but that's because it's on a really short period of time if you that extrapolate that out to an annual interest rate like uh, you're supposed to with credit cards and loans and so on then when you're comparing it it's crazy it's like a thousand two thousand percent so really really high so when when that goes onto your credit file these companies that 
when they see it, just think, absolutely no way, this person's living month to month, because that's usually what a payday loan is for, right? They can barely hold their financial situation together. And again, if you've done payday loans before, again, ask yourself, do you really want to be going out and applying more credit? Or is there something more fundamental that you need to sort out in your financial situation uh, that will improve it, right? So, caveat. All right, next one. I've talked about this a little bit before. It's to do with consistency. All these companies love consistency because when everything's consistent, then they have confidence in the information, yeah? If you apply to something for them and half the information is different to what they have on the file for you, then they're thinking, well, are you this person that I'm looking at? Are you giving me false information? Well, that's even to that. So is that wrong? Or is that wrong? Is anything else that you've given me wrong? You know, because there's certain things that they ask for that they can't check. So for example, your income. Not a lot of people know this, but when you tell them your income, they can't check that on your credit file, right? So they just have to trust you on that. If everything else is looks consistent, then they're inclined to trust you. If everything else looks wrong, then they can just outright reject you. That is a big, big one. And a lot of people get into a situation without realizing because there's some things that you know, they've, you've provided, which is technically true, but another answer is also true. So like addresses, for example, is a really common one. Um, so when you apply for it, make a note of the information you give them, right? Make a note of it so that when you apply to other credit in the future, that you're giving that same information. For example, income. One month, you might apply with a certain income and then say four months later, you're applying for a much bigger income. Might be just because you've got a pay rise, but they don't know that, right? They're just saying different incomes, what's going on, which one's true, not sure. We're just going to reject it, yeah? Because it's not like you pick up the phone, give you a call and say, Johnny, you know, you send all this information, doesn't make sense. I'm looking at your credit file, you're giving me all this weird information. Can you help me make sense of it? They don't because it's one, it's just too much time and effort. Now, some of them do. Some can say, well, we've got to go away and look at it, go to check your information, maybe ask you for some more information uh, so we can get confident on what you sent. Sometimes they do that, but not all the time. And so worst case scenario is they just reject you. Best case scenario, is that they're going to ask for this information which slows the debt down hugely also means you then there's a whole load of work having to try and prove it and you can't reliably know that that's going to solve it right so just don't get in that situation in the first place all right the 14th one getting to the end um, but before we do just another quick reminder if you enjoyed this video please do like it let others know uh, in your uh, in your life that think would benefit from this those that uh, probably need to improve their situation when it comes to credit and also subscribe if you want to see my future videos also we're on all the social media channels so I don't know which platform you're uh, watching or listening uh, to this on but we're on YouTube Instagram Facebook uh, Spotify iTunes right so whatever your medium is you can access access this content that way. All right, 14th. This is about cleaning up your old credit cards, loans, whatever it is, right? You wanna be cleaning all of that up. Because you might, might be thinking, right, I need some credit, so I wanna go out and say I apply for another credit card. 
But before you do that, think about what those old credit cards you've got are. So you might have ones that are just sitting there and you've not used it. You took it out maybe six months ago, a year, whatever, and you realize actually it's not a very good card because you want to apply for another one. If that's happening, that could be hurting your credit file, right? Because it just, you're not using it, it's, it's available credit that you're not using, so they might think, well, you've got loads of available credit already and you're applying for more. No, that's no, dangerous. That gives you more of an ability to get into a dangerous situation. So you might want to close, close those down. But another thing is if you've got any um, forms of credit that you've had for a very, very long time, they're actually really good. So what companies like to see are, generally, not all of them, remember they're all a bit different, okay? But generally speaking, they like to see credit on your account that's been there for many years because that means you're reliable, consistent, you know, you stick to the same thing. And so that might mean that you're gonna use their credit and use it for years and years and years and years. And that's how they make a lot of money. So they like to see that too. They like to see you've got some available credit, right? Because if you've got a whole load of credit and you've maxed it out, they're gonna think, well, are you desperate just to get more credit and max that out? You know, are you constantly at your limit? So that's a bit of a danger. So you always wanna be with, you know, a good way within your available credit, okay? You don't wanna have too much credit, because then they think if we give you more, then you could get into a dangerous situation. There's all these little factors that you've got to manage, right? And there's no one perfect answer, but you've always just got to bear them in mind, especially if in your situation, it's you know particularly extreme, like you've got a whole load of different credit cards, or you've got a whole load sitting there with, um, with loads of credit available, or all, and they're all maxed out, okay? These are all the kind of red flags for them, okay? You might have a credit card, it's sitting there with credit on and instead of having to go and apply and get a credit uh, waste an application uh, a search on your credit file and so on that you might have a credit uh, credit card there which you can actually use instead so two ways you can do that either you can just add credit onto that original credit card that might actually have a really good rate on it already or if it doesn't what you can do is you can contact them and just check have you got any promotional offers is there anything else that you can give me can you you know if you're applying for a zero percent credit card you can often call the other credit card up and say can you offer me zero percent how long for is there any charges on that and a lot of them if you're in a situation where another company is willing to give you zero percent interest credit then often those existing companies are willing to do it because of your credit file right not always but definitely check because that's much easier simpler and a safer way to do it. The other way is if you've got a whole load of debt, but you've got savings, some people can get into these weird situations where they think, oh no, even though I've got this debt, I want to still save up because of my own situation, because I want to, you know, I want to create that float of money. That might make sense, but just consider, right? If you've got savings, you've got debt already, and it's got a whole load of interest on, it may make sense just to pay off that pay off that debt to improve your credit credit situation to get better credit that's cheaper and also you're not having to pay that interest right so you might be investing that money say and getting a small return but if you think about it in practice paying off debt with a really high interest rate is like making that return so you you know if you've got 
I don't know, a 25% interest on a credit card and you're, um, and you pay that off with your savings, it's like getting a 25% interest on 25% return on your savings, which is very, very difficult to do, right? So think about it like that. All right, last one is about managing your defaults, right? So this isn't gonna to apply to everyone, but if it does, then this is something you definitely wanna deal with, right? Defaults are really bad on your credit file, it's super common to have them, and you kind of fit into two categories, either the category of it shouldn't be there, it's a mistake, and you need to sort it out, or it should be there, you made the mistake, and you just need to improve it the best you can. If it shouldn't be there, you know, don't be afraid to challenge it and to do something about it. Don't just leave it, okay? There's many different things you can do. First, contact the lender. You know, challenge them, say, look, you shouldn't have put that on. These are reasons why, get rid of it, right? And you wanna check all the different credit agencies to see whether they put it, which ones they put it to, to make sure they remove it, right? Some companies can be really reluctant to do it, you know, kind of avoid it because it's, it's a mistake and it takes some time to sort out. But if you challenge and you keep pushing, you can often just get them to remove it. If that isn't working, you can complain to the financial ombudsman and they can help you escalate it uh, to get that lender to remove it for you. You know, it gives you more clout and so they're more likely to resolve it for you. If that's still not working, what you can do is you can add a notice of correction. So you contact the credit reference agencies where it's on and you get them to put a note on your file to say, this is incorrect, there shouldn't be a default here, and these are the reasons why. Now, it doesn't always work, but at least what happens is when, when an organization goes to check your credit file, they'll see that, they'll be able to review it, and then decide whether they're gonna give you credit or not. So they may still decide to not, but at least they're seeing that when they're deciding to give you credit. Now, this can slow down credit applications, because when they go to automatic check, it's usually just a robot, right? When deciding. But when they see that, that will force them to go get somebody manually to review your credit file, right? Which will take time. So bear that in mind, right? It could slow down credit applications in the future. If you did deserve it to be on there, right? You made a mistake and you put that default on. There's kind of two things you can do. One is you can contact the lender and you can negotiate with them. You'd be surprised how much you can negotiate. Because ultimately, the company that you borrowed money from, they just want their money back, right? They want their money back and any money they've uh, you owe them. So if you can reach some kind of compromise where you're able to pay uh, some money back, they're happy to get that money back, right? They may agree to not put a default on your on your credit or uh, whatever they put on is uh, looks much less bad than what they're originally gonna put on, right? Uh, so them giving, you giving them some money might be much better than nothing, and that might be enough to, uh, to, for them to not hurt your credit file, right? Not guaranteed, but definitely worth exploring. Failing that, you can just let time heal it. Just like bankruptcies uh, and county court judgments, six years and it goes, right? And it diminishes over time, all right? So every year it's been on there, it's going to hurt your credit file less and less and less. Final thing I'll say before we wrap up is when you apply for, uh, when you, when you apply for credit and they do a search on your credit file, not a lot of people know this, 
you have hard searches and soft searches. A hard search is the ones that formally hit your credit file and worsens your credit credit rating. It's, it's not a really bad thing. Don't worry about it. You know, you can have a few hard searches and still get credit, okay? But just bear in mind, it's a hard search that does that. A soft search is where a company can still review your credit file, but it doesn't formally mark as a search on your file. Now, some companies will review your credit file as a soft search and even give you credit without actually putting a hard search on there, okay? So whenever you're applying for credit or even just checking whether you'd be eligible, ask them, is this a hard or a soft search? So for example, if you're wanting to get a mortgage out, right? And you're checking different organizations, different lenders to see whether they'll lend you or not, right? You might explore a few. You don't wanna be doing that and using up a hard search every time because it's gonna really hurt your credit file. You wanna make sure that's soft, right? And you're only using those hard searches when it really matters, when it's something specific you wanna apply for. All right? So that is my 15 top ways to improve your credit file. If you go through each of these and you do that to your own credit situation, you are gonna massively turbocharge your credit rating. And when you do that, it's gonna mean that you're gonna have so many more options when applying for credit and you're gonna be confident. You're gonna know that when you want to, uh, that you're gonna be able to get it. And a big thing is around planning, right? So you may not need credit right now, but in the future, you don't know what happens. You might get into a situation where you might need access to it. So some examples, like I use credit uh, really powerfully. Now I don't have any kind of bad debt, right? Uh, to fund spending because I have you know, a lot of uh, assets and investments and so on. But because I'm in such a great situation, I have access to a lot of credit and that credit is very cheap. So, and much of my credit is at 0%. So I'm able to use a lot of that credit and actually improve how much I can invest in, yeah? So if I'm getting returns much higher than the cost of the credit, then that makes sense to me, right? Then overall I'm making money from that situation, okay? But, this is a big but, like I said at the beginning, that takes a lot of self-control, a lot of self-discipline, a lot of careful management to make that work without it taking a lot of time and without getting into messy situations, right? So to be able to pay off that debt when I need to pay it, right? You've got to be able to time it, know when to pay it off, know what's coming up, know that you'll be able to have access to that money to be able to do it. If you are somebody that often gets credit and then struggles to pay it off, gets in, uh, forgets to pay it when they when, when they need to pay it, and so uh, pays uh, penalties and fines and so on, finds yourself spending that money on things that they don't really need and it just worsens your situation. If you're one of those people, ask yourself honestly, are you one of those kind of people? Actually credit when you have access to it actually worsens your financial situation and worsens your financial prospects then just get real with that and just recognize this is not something for you. That's cool. You know, I think a really important, I think lesson I have certainly learned is know my strengths, but also know my weakness, weaknesses and play to that, all right? If credit is something that gets in the way of you living a healthy, successful, financially strong future, then just let it go and focus on much better things. All right, I'll leave you with that. 
Have a great week and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.